At RICO, we make TMI work for the insurance industry. From automated customer onboarding to accurate invoice processing to your claim was approved, there's no such thing as too much information. Our experts unlock the power of your trapped information so you can spend more time focused on what matters most, your customers. We love TMI. Rico, imagine change. Hello, Hello camper. camper. Hello there, there friend. Howdy. Howdy. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Truth Cabin. Hello, campers, and welcome back to the Truth Cabin Podcast. I'm your counselor, Charlie, joined by my fellow counselors, Steve and Matt. How are you guys doing? So good. Doing well. Good to be back so in the great. Truth Cabin. <laughs> yep. And today we are out by the campfire having a nice campfire chat. So this is going to be a little different setup than what our other episodes have been like. When we have campfire chats, one of us is going to be bringing a topic to the table, something that we are very, very passionate about that maybe our fellow counselors are not as into. We're going to talk about it, and they're going to ask questions to see if the other one can get the other two really, really into it. So I have a topic that we're going to be talking about for today. We're bringing it to the fire pit of truth. <laughs> yes. And as we sit out here looking at all these beautiful stars above our heads, I say that we should talk about one of the greatest entertainment franchises in the history of entertainment, Star Wars. Oh, I wasn't going to guess that. I was going to guess uh, the Polly Pocket franchise. Uh-oh. Mm, I've, I feel like Charlie's more of a Mighty Max guy. Mighty Max. Sorry, well, go ahead. Go ahead, Charlie. Continue, Sorry. Charlie. <laughs> Sorry. That is true. We are talking about... We are talking about Star Wars. So to start out, I want to go to each one of you guys, and I just want to see what you already know about Star Wars, maybe what you've seen before, and what, what your opinion is on it. So Steve, why don't we start with you? Where, what, how has Star Wars been in your life? Okay. I am a, a late comer. Is that a term? A late, late comer? Bl- a late bloomer? late bloomer i've bloomed lately into the star wars universe um i i think i've seen every star wars movie at this point i do know that they were released not in chronological order so there's you know shifts in the timeline you start by seeing kind of like the middle of the story and the subsequent films are, you know, either before or after. Um, but the the real like meat of the story, I do know there. It's just like kind of big government over the galaxy and resistance, and that's kind of like all I know. And I know there's there's the Jedi thing that's kind of this magical element to it. You know, I see you smiling at me, Charlie, and it's, it's 
starting to hurt my heart a little bit because I feel like I'm starting to sound like an idiot. So I will pass, pass this back to Charlie because um, I don't want to make a further fool of myself. But I will say, as Steve, all those words were Star Wars words. So you're okay. on the right track. Thank you. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Okay, so I have not seen all of the Star Wars movies, but I have seen many of them. Um, I think the way I connect and relate to Star Wars is probably more from a pop culture sense, how they have permeated and affected um, different types of media from video games to theme park attractions to, of course, the movies. Um, I know that there are three trilogies, main trilogies, um, the first one from 77, the second one from 99, and the third one from 2015, uh, and that each of those three trilogies all work together and there's prequels and there's sequels. And then there's additional movies. I know there's Rogue One. I know there's the Solo movie. I know there's some animated features. I remember there was a Chewbacca's like Star Wars Christmas Spectacular um, from the late 70s, early 80s that was definitely trippy and worth a watch. Um, and then as far as theme parks go, you know, for me, I think I first connected with Star Wars going to what used to be called the Disney MGM Studios, now Hollywood Studios in Orlando, Florida, and going on the Star Tours ride, which was updated uh, in years, in, in recent years to reflect more of the recent characters and storylines. Um, but there's a lot about Star Wars I don't know about. And I'm curious, I'm curious, Charlie, you know, what would be your favorite movie from the franchise? Um, where do you think they succeeded the most? And where do you think that they had missteps along the way? Like, I know Jar Jar Binks is controversial. I know that the Solo movie I mentioned is controversial. So, uh, and of course, Baby Yoda and Mandalorian is that too. So that's what I know about Star Wars. What do you know, Charlie? Yes. So with Star Wars, Star Wars, I think the most confusing part with Star Wars, like I said, is the reason is that the stories are really all over the place. Like if you watch something like the Marvel movies, like there are a lot of them, but they all happen like in order. Like one happens after the other, one leads to the next and to the next. And it makes it a lot easier to follow along with. The thing with Star Wars is Star Wars really just jumps all over its timeline. So just to give a really basic rundown of how the timeline works is the first thing that happens in the timeline is the prequel movies. Those are the ones that came out in 99 through about 2005, the early 2000s. That was The Phantom Menace, uh, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. So that, that whole story, those three movies, are really about Anakin Skywalker, who is the prophesied chosen one, who's meant to bring balance to the Force. So... As that's happening, at the same time, there is like a dark force that are known as the Sith. They're like the evil version of the Jedi. They're their enemies yeah. who have not been around in the galaxy for thousands of years, who now have slowly somehow come back into existence. And in Phantom Menace, the first one that you see is Darth Maul, who's such a cool character, so underused in the movies. But uh, he's using there, he's one with the double lightsaber. And that movie leads into episode two, which is about 10 years later. And the character Obi-Wan Kenobi 
who is the older, who's in an, the older man in episode four, of the original Star Wars movie, but shows him as a younger man training Anakin. And eventually you find out that the man who was running the Republic, Chancellor Palpatine, who was like a real mentor to Anakin and shown as like a wise older leader, that he was really the Emperor. He was really the Sith Lord who was trying to take over and he manipulates Anakin to the dark side. And how he does that is through a whole thing. Like he falls in love with a woman and he's not supposed to do that. When you're a Jedi, you're not supposed to fall in love. So he falls in love. Then she gets pregnant in episode three and he start and then the emperor starts to try to convince him that she's going to die in childbirth. She's going to die. She's going to die. And that freaks him out. So he turns to the dark side to save her. And in the end, she ends up dying in childbirth. And she gives birth to twins, Luke and Leia. Then about 20 years later, that's when the original trilogy happens. That's the original three movies. And those three are really about the Empire has been in charge now for years. They're, uh, they're killing anybody who's in, who gets in their way. And the Rebel Alliance, the Rebel people who were... Some, some of them from that time period of the Republic. That's what they call that. That's what their government was before they took over and became the Empire. They now are now trying to overthrow them and push guns to shove. Um, Luke becomes a Jedi, learns from Yoda and from Obi-Wan, and then he's able to turn, and he's able to uh, turn his father, who becomes Darth Vader, back to the light to help him defeat the Emperor. And that's how episode six ends. So it's A New Hope is episode four. Um, Empire Strikes Back is episode five. Return of the Jedi is episode six. Then there's a 30-year time gap between episode six and episode seven. So at this point, Disney, they're the Disney movies. So the ones that came out between 2015 and 2019. Yeah. And in those movies... The point of it is, in the end, you end up finding out that the Emperor didn't really die, that he was hiding, and he like was able to move his essence into a clone, and that a new, a new uh, young Jedi named Rey has started to come into power, and she's now fighting with Vader's grandson, who is Luke, who is um, Leia and Han's son who is Kylo Ren, or his, his real name is Ben Solo. And in the end, it ends up coming that the Emperor is destroyed once and for all, that Luke, who kind of failed creating a new Jedi Order, is able to get some redemption, but does die. Leia dies. And then in the end, it's really Rey left to take on a new Jedi Order at that point with the official killing of the Emperor and the end of the Empire and a new Republic. Man, thank you. Thanks for the spoilers, Charlie. I was just about to say the same thing. So um, just for the campers out there, uh, this is your spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Everyone, everyone dies. <laughs> even with all I just said, I guarantee you there's still, I could have talked for another 15 minutes about that. I tried to make that as simple as I possibly could. But so, essentially... Timeline-wise, it's the 
prequels came first, then the original movies that came out in the 70s, and then the ones that just recently came out, they're the ones that take place about 30 years after the original trilogy. So where does Baby Yoda fit into all this? The child, as they call him. So Baby Yoda is in the show The Mandalorian, which takes place about five years after uh, a Return of the Jedi. So it takes place in that 30-year gap between episodes six and seven. Right. So the empire, so the empire has fallen, and the emperor appears to be dead at this point. But now it's take now it's uh, in that time period right there, and they're going to be adding more new shows on Disney Plus there, as well, which is something I'm really excited about. So, I think, like I said, the biggest issue that Star Wars has is just like the continuity, like the way they put out movies is really confusing, because if you go by release dates it's so it's four five six then one two three then episode seven came out then rogue one came out and rogue one takes place between episodes two and three so episodes sorry between episodes three and four right before episode four yeah so it's seven then solo which happens between episodes three and four then then eight nine and like now, like, there's shows that are happening between episodes six and seven. They're making shows that are happening between three and four. Like, they're just kind of happening all over the place. <laughs> I've, I've heard that the, the ideal way recently to watch Star Wars is to watch it chronologically. So not as released, but putting the timeline together. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that, Charlie? Yeah, well... I think, it, I mean, honestly, it's the best way to watch them because if you watch them from episode one to episode nine and what they call that entire group of nine movies is they call that the Skywalker saga. So it's all about the Skywalker and the Skywalker family. So if you watch it from the beginning, you watch the rise of Anakin Skywalker, his yep. fall, and then his son's, his son's rise, uh, Anakin's redemption, and then Luke's fall, but then the rye, and then but then his ability to still make sure that everything happens the way it needs to. Because uh, one of the big things that, personally for me, that I always talk about with these movies now is obviously there's some movies in this franchise that are not as good as other ones because they're made in such different time periods. Like not just time periods within Star Wars, but time periods in technology. Like you look at the like the first Star Wars movie came out in 1977 so they're filming this movie almost 50 years ago at this point so the technology that's in that movie compared to the technology you watch in the rise of skywalker which just recently came out is insanely different because of what they had the ability to make um speaking to that point what are your thoughts on the like remastering steps that have happened on the older films. Yeah. There were, there were some things that they had to do. Like there were some things they had to change. Like if you watch the remastered versions of them, there were some changes. Like there's the original emperor that's in episode five, where if you watch it in episode five, the emperor, the emperor appears before Vader and they showed somebody different playing him. Not the, not the actor who plays him in episode six, because then he hadn't filmed it yet. Like, he wasn't cast until episode six, so they changed it so it was a video of him. In the same way that in episode six, they changed the Force Ghost at the end of episode six, that's of Anakin, 
to the guy who played him in the prequels because it didn't make sense to have some random guy playing him like it did before. Right. And also the biggest thing they had, they also had to cut out some things too. Like there are actually scenes in episodes four and episode five of Luke and Leia kissing each other because that was before that they had decided they were going to be twins being brother and sister. And obviously they couldn't have those scenes in the movie anymore when by episode six, they were brother and sister. So they did need to do some stuff, but I will agree that they went a little above and beyond with adding some CGI characters and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember seeing, I remember seeing a clip of uh, the updated CGI version of Jabba the Hutt and it was just not great. Not great. Very, very, very low quality, um, late nineties or early two thousand CGI, you know, put into this older movie and it just didn't jive. It didn't look right. Yeah. And that also is just a product of the times. I know some people, one of the characters that probably gets the biggest rap of being one of the worst characters in star Wars is Jar Jar Binks from the prequel trilogy. Yeah. But the thing about it is Jar Jar Binks is a character that first of all, was totally made for children. And I think younger kids do like him as an adult obviously you're going to hate something that's not designed for you. Yeah. But also that, that was the first motion cap character like that. That was in a movie that was a, in a live action movie like that. It was really like a really breaking thing. It was not a normal thing to have that in a movie. And I just think that a lot of people walked into the prequels and they came out, which was about 15 or so years after the original trilogy ended. And they really were expecting something very different than what they got. And I think that's why a lot of people did not like those movies. I'll also say that there was a lot of continuity errors in that movie. There are a lot of things they bring up that it's like, wait a minute, this happened in episode two. Then why is it not happening in episode? Why are they not talking about this in the original trilogy? That's the hard thing I think about making prequels to anything. It's that you have to make sure everything lines up. And if you add something into the prequels that's not in the original films, it doesn't make sense. Like the big thing that they always talk about is R2-D2. Because R2-D2, like he knows everything that happened. He knows that Anakin is Darth Vader. Why doesn't he tell everybody that he's Darth, that he's Darth, Va- that Darth Vader is there and he knew everything that happened from the prequel trilogy time in yeah. the sequel trilogy? It's just like, it's because it's just one, one of those things that they don't go into as much that cause a lot, that cause a lot of confusion. Doesn't R2-D2 only speak in beeps and boops though? Yeah, but like people understand him. Like it's like a language, but like Luke can understand him. C-3PO can understand him. So while it's his own language, like people do interact back and forth with him. One question I had, does Chewbacca or similar creatures to Chewbacca, do they live for long periods of time? Yes. So they imply that uh, Chewie, who's a Wookiee, that they live for like hundreds of years. I don't okay. think that was implied originally, but I think when they made the sequel trilogy, they wanted to show Chewie exactly the same. So in the solo movie, which shows how Han and Chewie met, they say that he's like hundreds of years old. So yeah, yeah so he just lives for a long period of time. So that's very convenient over the span of 50 years to include the same character again and again, right? Exactly. And I think that's what they were trying to do, try to add some familiarity in. Will we ever see a, a baby Chewie in a, in a, you know, pre-prequel Mandalorian-esque series, you know? I, 
I think it's very possible. I think because I'll tell you right now, uh, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, or the child, he is by far the most popular character that Disney has made since they bought Star Wars. Because they bought they bought Lucasfilm in 2012. So essentially, when they bought Lucasfilm, they bought the rights to Star Wars and Indiana Jones because that's basically the two big things that they had. And um, when they bought it, they were they were really trying to obviously get them as much as they can on their investment. And I think that now they're really starting to get to the peak of that where they're adding in a lot of new shows in different time frames. So I think that a bit like baby Wookiees or baby Chewy, I think that all those things could absolutely be in the cards. The big things that they're focusing on right now are the Disney plus series. So the Mandalorian going forward, they have some other stuff talking about like how the new Republic, which forms after the fall of the empire in episode six is coming together and how the empire is figuring things out behind the scenes because the emperor is secretly alive behind the scenes. So there's a lot going on in that 30 year period between episode six and seven. Now, could you envision a, an animated show similar to say Muppet babies where we have a baby Wookiee and a baby Yoda, maybe a baby Luke and a Um, baby Jar Jar. And they're just all babies. Um, in a, in a nursery, <laughs> who would be the set of legs though? Their Darth, nanny, uh, Darth Maul, because he just needs more relevance in the series. Darth I don't Maul. think it's funny <laughs> Darth Maul because Darth Maul's character in the movies has his legs cut off. Oh my God! Now I have egg on my him. face. Like, <laughs> um, spoilers. So literally, it could just be his legs. Yes. <laughs> there is no upper body. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert again, by the way. Just for a movie that came out uh, (laughs) years ago. But no, I I feel like the possibilities are endless with Star Wars. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Have you guys, I was going to ask, have you guys been to the new-ish Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Yes. At both Disneyland and uh, Hollywood Studios in Orlando? I've been to the Hollywood Studios one. And what were your thoughts? Because it's not even a specific land or movie. It's something else, right? It's supposed to be set on like its own planet in the Star Wars galaxy. It's like a trading yeah. post or something like that. I think it's really cool. I love, I love the way they have it set up. But the one thing that I wish they would do there that they haven't done yet is it's set in a sequel trilogy time frame. Yep. So it's set throughout the time of like episode seven, eight, nine, which I understand that's the time that Disney has put a lot of effort into. So obviously they're going to make an area based on that time period. Yep. I think what would work really well is like if you go there in the morning, it's everybody, all the characters that are out there and everything is prequel based. You go there in the middle of the day, it's all original trilogy based. If you go there at night, like it's almost like throughout the day, like the characters that you see out there, the people like the stormtroopers change. Like the people, the characters from the from the each area change and things like that. That's what I, w- I wish it was instead of just based on the one time period. Yeah, I will say, I I did check out the Star Wars land as they call it, Galaxy's Edge, and I appreciated that all of the cast members, the employees, were really involved and dedicated to the Star Wars storyline. Each cast member had their own personal backstory um and if you would ask them like where is you know where's the rock and roller coaster or you know 
what time is the parade uh, at the front of the park? They would give you like misleading answers, like they're not familiar that they're in a theme park, which I appreciate the dedication to their craft. Um, but the Millennium Falcon ride is a lot of fun. Rise of the Resistance is a fantastic ride if you can get on it because it's so popular. Oh, yeah. And Oga's Cantina is a total blast if you oh, if you blast. like really yeah. nice crafted cocktails and local brews from the uh, from the the galaxy that we're in um, in that land. Oga's Cantina is a blast, and there's a there's a robot DJ voiced by um, Paul Rubens who is Pee Wee Herman. So make sure you check out that. Yeah, no, that it, it's absolutely a blast there. Like, I don't think have you been there, Steve? Um, I think so. I think we have. If I'm thinking of the same thing, don't we have pictures of ourselves with Kylo Ren, the three of us, or we, am I thinking something? You're think you are correct, but we were at the uh, on the other side of the park. See, the thing was, people were so jazzed up for Star Wars, but they hadn't opened the land yet, so they were trying to offer different Star Wars types of things, like the meet and greets with Chewbacca and Kylo Ren. So I think you might be remembering. Um, Something this, before this new. Yeah, it was. I think they call it the Star Wars launch pad or something, where you. Uh, it's a meet, meet and greet thing. But I don't think you've been to Galaxy's Edge because it yeah, is. I, that's probably is right. Quite the experience. I have a few friends who've been, and they spent hundreds of dollars on their own personal droids, on their own custom made lightsabers. They got the robes. They got the what is it? Blue milk? Is that what it's called, Charlie? The, the space drink. It, there's so much, so much involvement. You could spend the whole day there. You know, it's kind of like going to Hogwarts or the Harry Potter Land over Universal. Mm -hmm. the, de the details are incredible. And if you are uh, a casual fan of the movies or a full-on nerd like Charlie, you will appreciate it nonetheless. Yeah, and I think I actually think that's a great way to look at Star Wars, and I think that's what they're trying to do now is they, and I think they didn't do this at first when Disney bought it and it caused a lot of issues. Yeah. But I think what they're trying to do now is they're trying to create storylines that are happening at different time periods that are kind of their own condensed story. It's like, yes, does this fit into the overall story if you're interested? Yes. But you could also watch this one show and enjoy this one show without having to watch anything else. I think that's why The Mandalorian became such a hit on Disney Plus because you watch that there are tons of references to the prequels to the original trilogy to the sequels and the other things that they mentioned too are like the animated shows because they had a couple different animated series that they made that fit into the Star Wars universe as well and there are tons of references to stuff in there but if you also just watch it without watching any of that you're totally okay to watch that too like it's for both hardcore fans and someone who literally has no idea what Star Wars is which I really think is going to help it grow because sometimes you watch some things in the star Wars universe that really it's just like, I don't understand what's happening. Like that was one of the things that happened with the sequel trilogy. Like, so if you guys heard about like the controversies that kind of happened with the sequel trilogy at all, or like the fan base being divided or anything about that. I, I can't say that I do remember any of that. No, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I'll go uh, very briefly. A lot of people felt like the sequel trilogy was just like a retread of the original trilogy. Like it wasn't really an original story. It was kind of just like 
you're just retelling the original trilogy as a nostalgia thing when you could have gone into a lot more detail about stuff. They didn't like the way they handled some characters like Luke kind of like at a certain point, like gives up on the Jedi and comes back. But, but that's a big part of the last Jedi episode eight. And a lot of people didn't like that. That's the direction they went with. And, um, it was just, it became a really big thing. That's why I'm happy. They kind of made this switch where now they're kind of focusing on here. Here's a story happening between episodes three and four. This is its own thing. Hey, this is a story that's happening between episodes six and seven. This is its own thing. It's not as much like a, it's there's not, I mean, the building blocks are there that kind of fit pieces together, but they're not adding stuff in. That's just like, Oh, Hey, remember this? Oh, Hey, remember the millennium Falcon? Remember this? Remember that? Like, it's not just a nostalgia trip, which right. I was very happy, which I'm very happy that they're doing. Cause that's one of the reasons why, like, if you take a look, the, lo- the lowest rated movie in the star Wars franchise happened kind of because of that. So I want to see if you guys can guess this one. If you had to guess from all the star Wars movies, not n- really knowing which one do you think has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of the of the nine that have come out. Yeah, I, would, guess. I would guess episode nine, the most recent film. My guess is Rogue One. The movie that has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score is The Rise of Skywalker, the most recent one. So it's episode I, nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Up, up until then, for many, many years, it was... Uh, the Phantom Menace, the first the episode one, the one that came out in 99. But this movie has like a 50%. And for a lot of people, they're like, look, for a movie to have a 50% like in the middle, like if it was an episode two or something like that, that's not a big a deal. But the fact that you guys were not able to stick the landing or have a great finale yeah. is yeah, what I'm- made a lot of people upset. Because there's a lot – because like this – for do you think like a movie that's supposed to wrap up the entire saga should kind of reference everything in the universe. And that movie doesn't do a very good job of doing that. Is it a terrible movie? No, it's not a terrible movie. Is it a terrible finale to one of the biggest movie franchises in the history as a saga of the Skywalker family? Yeah, it, it's awful in that regard. So I think that's why a lot of people didn't like that movie. And now, if you notice, they're not even talking about sequel trilogy characters anymore. Like, if you go to stores, there are no Ray toys. There's no Finn or Poe toys or BB-8 stuff. You're not seeing those things out because they're kind of like, let's just kind of hide from this for a little bit and then come back to it later. It's the same thing they're doing with the prequels now. Like, I'm sure remember the prequels were very divisive when they came out, and then they kind of disappeared from... They tried to not talk about them for many years. Now, people are kind of interested in seeing stuff again. So... They're actually making a series about Obi-Wan Kenobi in between episodes three and four that is going to star Ewan McGregor, who played young Obi-Wan in the prequels, and it's going to show him on Tatooine, like when he's living on the planet watching over Luke. And they did say Hayden Christensen, the actor who played Anakin in the prequels, is going to be playing Darth Vader. So everything old is new again. Yeah. And I think there's a way to make nostalgia work, like we've talked about in past, in past discussions. Like, you can make nostalgia work. So you can build on that. But when you do it without a good story, it really falls apart. And I think that's what happened to the sequels that I think they're trying to remedy now. It's like, you don't want to watch a movie. It's like, hey, remember that? Remember that? Remember that? 
but there's no story behind it. It's just just showing that they people want to want it to go with it, and I feel like that's they're doing a very good job of now. And I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that this is going to get more people into it because I wanted you guys to watch Star Wars forever. But I also know it's like, where do you start? Oh, we start here and then watch this, this, and this. Like, I'm saying the simple side of it, and I'm still <laughs> I'm sure it's still overwhelming and confusing. But while it's a lot of information, there are some places you can start watching that are a lot easier to start at. So I'd suggest if you really want to get some Star Wars in, watch Star Wars, but you're kind of like, I don't know if I want to get too deep into everything, but I want to watch a little Star Wars. Highly suggest watching The Mandalorian. Plus, that's a great show to watch to get into Star Wars while also not feeling overwhelmed by everything else that's there. I appreciate the recommendation. And thank you for the insight, Charlie and Steve. Could you throw another log on the fire, please? I will absolutely do that. Getting a little chilly over here. And can somebody please light a citronella candle to keep the these truth mosquitoes away? <laughs> <laughs> guys i think that i, I think that i might have swayed you a little bit did i sway you at all to maybe try to, to try it do you feel like you're maybe more into the idea of giving something in star wars a try than you were before i think so i feel like there's a whole galaxy of movies to watch out there <laughs> <laughs> very good matt Thank very good i was waiting like for 15 minutes to say that one <laughs> <laughs> It's it's worth it's worth it. There's some cringy acting in some points. There's some really bad story plots in some areas. Like for the most will, part, yeah. I will say I'm just going to wrap this up by saying one last story plot because this is really important because it's the worst part of Star Wars. In the prequels, the uh, Padme, who Padme Amidala, played by Natalie Portman, is the wife and eventual and the mother of Luke and Leia who dies in childbirth in episode three. She, in episode two, they had not seen each other for over 10 years. Anakin has this weird scene where like he's with her and he basically like confesses his love to her, even though they haven't seen each other in so many years. And it's really awkward. He's acting really weird. Like he's only like probably like 20 years old at this point, but he's acting like a real weirdo. And then all of a sudden, later on in the movie, she just says, I deeply love you. And they just, they're in love at that point and they get married at the end of the movie. And it's like, they hadn't seen each other in 10 years and he was a huge creep to her for like, for like five days and now they're married and in love. Like, Charlie, you don't believe that, but you believe that everyone can understand R2-D2's beep boops and that this whole thing is legit? Listen, just because you did not learn the language does not mean that it's not a language. I want you to believe in true love. That's what I'm asking for. We need an in-between trilogy that happens in to see that love grow. Absolutely. An in-between quill. And can we have a baby character in that in-between? Just, just <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Well, I think this was a good, a, a good uh, campfire chat. I think I, I think I, I think we got some places here and if there's any show, like I said, that I could recommend for my fellow counselors or for anybody listening to, to watch, go get Disney plus watch the Mandalorian. It is worth it. And you do not need to have watched, you've watched all the movies. You'll love it. If you've never seen any star Wars, you'll love it. 
or anywhere in between. It's it's really great to a really great show like that. Oh, so this was all just a plug for Disney Plus. Hey, is that one of our sponsors? Are we? Do we have Disney money here in yeah. the truth, <laughs> truth Cabin? Truth Cabin is sponsored by Disney and the Rockland Disney. Trust. They own everything. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in for this special episode of the Truth Cabin podcast for this campfire chat. Uh, we want to hear what you think about Star Wars, too. So why don't you go to our Instagram account, at the Truth Cabin, to look, look for any of our questions and polls, and we will talk about some of that stuff in a future episode. Yeah, I really want to see if there's anyone nerdier out there than Charlie is here. <laughs> Zing. Yeah. Debatable. I don't. <laughs> All right. No, thank you, Charlie. Yeah. No, no problem, guys. I hope, I hope you learned something very, very important about a galaxy far, far away. That's a yes. long, long time ago, but somehow they have better technology than us. <laughs> don't, don't, don't think about it. All right, everybody. Well, this is Charlie. This is Matt. This is Steve. Thank you so much for listening to The Truth Cabin, and we will see everybody next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, campers. Comcast Business, the network that powers more businesses than any other provider. Find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 11-13-2022. Restrictions apply. Call for details.